sometimes people think self-care is selfish. It's not. It's self-care. It's self-care. Selfish is this. I want what I want 100% of the time. And I don't really care what you want. Okay, that's selfish. Self-care is one of the most selfless things you can do for a relationship because of the impact it has on the couple's relationship. This is Mom's Pod Pod. Your weekly update on tips, tricks, and all things parenting with Maureen Kyle. Hi, everyone. And thanks so much for joining us here on the Mom Squad podcast where we talk all things parenting. And today, the topic that I'm tackling is something a little off from kids and taking care of kids. It's taking care of yourself and taking care of your relationship. And with me now is relationship coach Kathy Dawson, who is just always amazing to talk to. Kathy, I'm so glad that we're sitting down and talking about the foundation. I mean, the really like one of the most important relationships we'll ever have with our significant and other our spouse yep yes you know the kids need to know that mom and dad love them yes. but more importantly they need to know that mom or dad or mom me and daddy love each other yeah, I mean it really. It, it sets a tone for the whole household, and I think even just keeping that in mind as we take a look back at a very strange year, um, even the strongest relationships I'm sure went through with some. Trials and tribulations, as everybody's been, you know, locked down and not not in the normal routine. How do you think from from clients, from people that you've talked to, and just from your own observations, how has this past year or changed relationships? Oh. Well, first of all, when when this all happened, you know, when people get in a committed relationship or they get married, they're not signing up for 24-7. You know, if you, you knew that was I have and you would just walk back up on the other part of the aisle. Yeah, that's not perfect, right? So that was the biggest impact that I saw from my perspective was couples who all of a sudden had space in their relationship, whether it was they were going to work or they did their hobby or Whatever it was, all of a sudden, boom, they're together for all, all the time. <laughs> and honestly, depending on how big their space was, it, it could, on a spectrum, zero to ten. And I mean, zero being its ten. 
terrible. It, it could really be that. You know, it's one thing if you have a home where you're kind of chopped up and you have some spaces for privacy. <clears throat> Excuse me. But if you're in a small, like New York apartment, it's rough. All right. So that that's one of the biggest things is figuring out, okay, okay I love this person, but I'm losing myself. All right. I'm, I'm losing myself to this situation. So I have to learn how to fill myself up and take care of myself for my sanity. Mm-hmm. So that was probably the biggest thing that I saw occur in this last year and a half. Yeah. Since you bring it up, I mean, it's been such a, um, a headline and a hot topic of self-care, mental health, um, just for a minute, can you talk about how important it is for us to, I mean, really, start with me as an individual making sure that I'm okay and I'm a whole person. And that can change throughout a relationship, right? Oh, absolutely. Especially in a, a global pandemic. So, so one of the things I ask couples to do is create what's called a PEMS list. It's an acronym. P is for physical. That means, you know, how am I? I move my body every day. What am I putting in my mouth and in my sleep? I mean, these are pretty basic things, but really important. The E stands for emotional. So this is all about feelings. You know, we're feeling beings. So we've got to take care of that part of ourselves. So am I able to express myself constructively? Or do I shove my feelings into it? I avoid situations. I mean, that section of the four letters is critical. The next one is mental. This is about what is renting space in our head on a daily basis. Are the thoughts mostly negative or are they mostly positive? And if they're mostly negative, not, not a good thing. They, you got to balance that. I mean, we're all going to have some negative kind of stories in our head, but we have to balance that. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing, the S is for spiritual. And this is different for everybody. For some, it has to do with religion. For others, it doesn't. It could have to do with nature. It could have to do with meditating. Whatever it is, right? That's that's the spiritual side of your of yourself, which you then bring to the relationship. So I really found this home when I'm working with a couple. I have a make. A pens list, and I ask him to, to 
put in there at least one thing from each category of the pen that they say they'll be accountable and that's the operative word accountable for doing to take care of themselves because you bring yourself to every relationship and you said this if you're depleted how's that gonna go i mean you know if you're eating junk food all day and you don't move your body at all and and you don't think about anything constructive or have anything to exercise your mind you know or you've stuffed your it, the whole thing is a nightmare. okay so i want to um point this out sometimes people think self-care is selfish it's not it's self-care it's self-love it selfish is this i want what i want 100 percent of the time and i don't really care what you want okay that's self self-care is one of the most selfless things you can do for a relationship because of the impact it has on the couple's relationship you know it, it's such a great point um it, as uh, my husband was joking of course but um you know me working a, a basically an overnight shift the morning shift on maternity leave i actually got more sleep on maternity leave than i would if i was working and at the end of maternity leave i was asking him if he was okay with me going back and he just said gosh you're so much nicer when you get a full night's sleep i don't know you know and that's something i didn't even realize is like when you're going through it yourself where some one of those categories is missing or or a couple of those categories it's hard to recognize that that, that, that you're sacrificing something because you think you're doing it for the whole of the family yeah uh, yeah backfires on right i mean sleep is so, so fundamental and we take it for granted but oh no i i i personally have to get at least seven hours or so and that how can you interact with another human being if you're all, all like discombobulated and just out of back so when you have them make that list do you see light bulbs go up in people's heads thinking oh gosh wow i really haven't been doing that for myself yes well before i have make the list i do what's called the relationship hierarchy with six components and self is one of the components and boy many times self is at the bottom especially in women with young kids it's just how it shows up and so that's kind of a, a shock to them I'm like oh geez i really don't 
too much for myself, right? And then I have to make the pens list. So, okay, you don't do much for yourself. Let's start from scratch. Imagine you do things for yourself. What would you do? And that's when the light bulb comes on. You know, I guess I could stop drinking pop. Yeah. You know, or I guess I could drink more water or, or maybe not buy some many snacks or, you know, it's the little changes that make the biggest difference. Right. Yeah. I, and <laughs> it's funny because when you're, you're talking about this, I have book sitting on my nightstand because I always think okay you know what this week I'm gonna have time to sit down I'm gonna uh, have time to read for myself or you know you think okay we're gonna put the kids to bed and then we're gonna drink a glass of time together and talk about our week but then kids don't go to bed on time or life gets so busy how do you help clients find that time to connect so one this is going to sound a little strange, but kids, depending on the age, will understand this demonstration. I ask people to get a picture and fill it up with food, color, with water, right? And put like four or five glasses in front of the picture. And you get your kid, it's in the in the circle, and you say, I want to explain something to you. Let's pretend this is mommy. You're holding the picture. And you're going to say, throughout any day, I help you guys, right? I give to you, and then I give to daddy, or vice versa. And then I give to my mom, and then I give to my work, and I give to my friend. And all of a sudden, the liquids are almost gone. Kids love visual, visuals. And so then you yeah. say, look what happened to my mommy. A lot of her energy, which is the but it's gone and mommy needs more energy so this is what mommy's going to do this week take one of the glasses he's going to read for 20 minutes for second mommy's going to take a walk for 15 for back in mommy's going to go get a manicure Pour it back. You know, whatever it is that you need to do, fill your picture back up, right? And kids yes. are like, oh, wow. And then you can relate to that, that template kind of thing, that example. Say, oh, mommy, pictures start to get empty. Oh, the picture's empty. It's getting empty. Okay, everybody, get out of the way. Should I do her thing? So that's what a really concrete way to do. You can also do it with your husband. You know, so <laughs> yeah. our partners don't get that we only have so many 
hour in a day and energy in a day. Yeah. I love it. I love that idea. Yeah. You have also, I mean, we've talked over the years and and you're a wealth of knowledge when it comes to reconnecting throughout the day. And some of those things that you reminded me years ago about, I, I think about even on a daily basis, I'd love for you to share just ways that, that couples should be connecting. And and it is physically throughout the day. Yeah, it's it's actually not sexual touchings. Touching. Not sexual touching. Um, there are five points of connection. They're pretty critical, and they add up to 19 seconds. So nobody can tell me they don't have time. So the first connection is upon awakening. So, so you don't want to shake your partner and say, wake up, wake up, but... Before bouncing out of bed, start your day, you know, maybe just kiss the person on the back of their head. They won't even feel it, but subliminally, they'll be connected with, right? The next one is before you separate for the day, okay? Which is interesting because now in days, maybe people aren't separate as much because they're working from home so then you have to kind of figure out a time every day you do this you give your partner and each other a five second hug so a five second hug is not let me I'm going to get you. Does my hair explain what this is? It's a little... Our dog's cut. So a five-second hug is not... Yeah. There's no rubbing. Okay, there's no... No movement. So what you're doing is you're holding mm-hmm. for five seconds, and you're exchanging heart energy. You can take it longer if you want, but at least five seconds. Mm-hmm. So many times we just do that perfunctory kiss, you know. It doesn't right. really, it's, I call it the cardboard kiss. It doesn't really connect with the person. So the five second hug is very good to do that. Now, the third point of connection is, isn't tactile, it's technological. This is the only way I think technology technology can bring it together. It's if you use texting and you say four words in the text. I'm thinking of you. So let's say you send your husband something at 10 in the morning. He's not allowed to say I'm thinking of you too because he's only doing that because you're thinking of him. He's got to send his own separate text of, I'm thinking of you. Just each of you do it once a day at a random time. Yeah. You, you need to acknowledge back like with a heart or a smile or something to let the person know you got it. That's 
number three. Number four is called the 10 second kiss. So this is at the end of the day when work is done and whether you're home or you're not at home, you read, you not like And I have to clarify this. This is not a kiss with any kind of agenda attached. Because remember, this is non-sexual connection. So, but what this does is it sets the tone for the evening. You can go so far as to set a timer. <clears throat> now, the kids may be around, right? People say, oh, I can't do that for the kids. Why not? Remember, kids need to know that mommy and daddy love them. So you can have them be the time. One, two, they can scream out the numbers. And then that's it. But that does set the tone. I'm telling you, no matter what else happens for the rest of the night, it's not going to break you two apart. Right. That's number four. Number five, the last one, is end your day together. At least three nights a week. I'm not an extremist. I'm not saying you have to do it every night. But at least three nights a week, get under the covers within five, five minutes of each other because you know you got to brush your teeth and all that. And before you, what you want to avoid is night and roll over, right? So, so before you fall asleep, you can cuddle, you can hold hands, whatever you want to do. I mean, if you want to have sex, go right ahead. But, you know, <laughs> that's you can't. But, if, just don't go to sleep without touching each other. That sounds awful to me. are so simple. It's so simple. And like I said, I mean, spoiler alert, you, you told me about this years ago and I've thought about it throughout the day because sometimes we get to the end of the day and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, did we hug? I don't know. It's gotten so busy. And so is it a hard Hard. Right. <laughs> Have you noticed couples that you do that you coach? Um, do they have to write it down at first? I mean, is this something we should put post-its around just to get into the routine? Is but does that take the romance out of it then? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I they're posted. So every week I send them homework through an email. Mm -hmm. And they have this thing called a weekly meeting, right? And on at the weekly meeting they go over the agenda that I send them. It sounds structured, but if you have a hectic life, you need this. All right. You got too many moving parts. You need to carve out at least 15 to 20 minutes. Tell your kids, this is our time. What are you doing? It, 
we're talking, you're going to go watch a movie or whatever. Yeah. Clean up, whatever it is. And they, they learn to like this time. It's like, are you, are you having your weekly You know, they really like that. So you go through the agenda. You What you do in the agenda is you confirm the next meeting to stay make sure it stays on the calendar then you schedule a date for a date with each other so you stay accountable to it and then you do oh you share your hems for the week what you did to take care of yourself and this it's about celebrating whatever it is you did. This isn't about criticizing. Oh, why didn't you do this, this, or this? No, it's about you did one thing. Yay! Way to go! That's great. And so that kind of cements that in your own mind that you're doing. So that's that's good. Um. The thing we use the weekly meeting for, they can cross check their calendars, you know, so the words, I don't know what was happening, don't come out of your mouth, right? The other thing I ask them to do is review and record your successes as a couple. <clears throat> Whatever that means. Whether it's you did the homework, you felt a special connection, you know, whatever it is. Because we all have a story in our head about our relationship. Right. And when people People come to see me many times it's a negative story so i tell them right off the bat we're going to learn to rewrite your story All right you're doing the best you can you can with the information you have but you need more information and so out over the course of 12 weeks i teach them 35 tools for their relationship. Many of them have to do with communication because that's critical. But mm-hmm. they also have to do with connection. Because this is a problem. We're because of phones or stimulus or whatever it is going on we're we're fighting this feeling of disconnection yeah. Yeah. um dates you brought up dates and i think what was interesting um is that covid <laughs> lockdown is force people to get a little creative and and um you know we couldn't go do the i you know most couples fall into the rut of going out to dinner and then i think from everything i heard with friends it, there seemed to be two camps when it came to dating you're, you're, whether you're married or not but like just going out and going on a date during lockdown and it was um gosh we can't figure it out we're at home we're stuck at home or there was a, a, a feel like there was another set 
of people that found different things to do that was like away from crowds, outdoors, or like took up hiking or like I took up golf so that we could go and do something different and not go to a restaurant. Um, but getting creative, how important is it to get, now we're in a golf run. I mean, you know, like we always get into rush. I, I, yeah. <laughs> how important is it to, to keep creativity in the activity that you do? It's paramount. So here's romance equals spontaneity and creativity. So if it's planned and all the everything's planned down to the minute, wake me when it's over. Right. I have some surprises in there. So one of the things I tell people when they plan a date is make sure you don't, don't tell your partner what you're doing to the very last minute or, or at all. You know, and just take you know, like a scavenger hunt or something. They, they don't have to know what you're doing. That, that adds anticipation to the day. Yeah. So, you know, people have been they've been great. They've been pretty creative. You know, I wrote a book called uh, Pandemic Dates during this whole thing. And it was from all the people who were on the creative camp. Right? Mm -hmm. Things like baking together. You know, most people are like, but hey, you're stuck in the house together? Oh, sounds good. You know, Let's try baking together, cooking together, making crafts together, you know, anything, something different, right? Um, there are these little, oh, I have them here, these little things I may have shown you before, but they're called chat pack cards. Yes, the chat packs. Yeah, the questions. Yeah, there's one called chat chat pack for two. T W O. The questions. I've been married thirty-seven years. And Dick and I went through the whole thing during the pandemic, and we learned some new stuff about each other that we didn't know. So, I tell people, especially during the pandemic, turn off your phones, have two techno-free nights a week, mm -hmm. at least, and then do something other than looking at your phone. Don't use your phone, look at your phone, play a game. Play cards, play back at, you know, whatever. But we are so creatures of habit. And I, we, we build these trenches in our brain, these runways. And we get used to doing this. Same thing all the way. And it's good for us. I mean, you're young, but as you get old, we got to start switching up the synapses because things are getting the same thing all the time. So, yeah, you just got to get, we have to get creative. Now, some people aren't naturally that way. It's a learned 
skill. So you have to think out of the box. You know, there is there's this book I have. I have all kinds of books here, but one is an oldie but goodie. It's called well, 2002 Ways to Be Romantic. Huh. By Gregory J. P. Goda. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this guy did it. But anyway, he came up with some interesting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do these, um, you know, I think about couples that, I mean, people fall into ruts, people, there's tense time, there's times of argument, and if something feels like, gosh, we're really heading down a slippery slope or things have just been really tense for a while. Um, are, are these things that you're recommending, do, do you see them turn relationships around? And, and is it a matter of tweaking in some cases? Well, usually when you're feeling like we're going down the tubes here. Yeah. It has to do with avoidance of, of not getting things in the bud, letting things build up, and and not knowing how to keep the communication pipeline clean. Mm-hmm. So what happens is we clog the pipeline between us with habits that we have in communicating. Whether it's, well, I interrupt a lot or I yell or I'm sarcastic or I'm kind of standing. Or um, I avoid. I name call. Uh, um, what else? There's ten. I'm just trying to think of. I'm off. Uh, um, oh, I'm a go on or. Okay, that's somebody who just goes on, on and on. I am a recovering go on. I, when we were first married, my husband's eyes would glaze over. And I realized this is a little shut up. Right? We're all these ways, and all they are habits. In fact, let me show you this sign I have in my office. You can read this out. Um, here. People do not decide their futures. They decide their habits and their habits decide their futures. I love it by F. M. Alexander. Yeah. There it is in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah. We have have to be willing to be aware of our, our habits. Yeah. And, and figure out which ones are serving the relationship and which ones aren't. Mm-hmm. And that's about personal accountability. Mm-hmm. The big thing, you can't be in a relationship for very long if you can't be personally accountable for your part what you brought up was <laughs> something i always go back to so 
I'm Catholic. My husband's not. We did pre-Cana for any Catholics out there. They know what that is. There you go. And and you almost do like a relationship counseling before the marriage. And, you know, it's a class that you, you check off to get married in the Catholic Church. And it was funny because a nun said something, and I'm going to totally misquote her, but it's along the lines of what you just said uh, of um, basically where there's a lack of communication, tension grows in that space. So where you're leaving the communication open, not, not, not like open communication, but where you're not communicating, something bad grows in that space. And that's always stuck with me. From day one, he said, "You're not going to be one of those people that like doesn't tell me for days when you're mad." He said, "Oh no, you're going to be immediately, and I'm going to explain exactly what you did wrong." And then I have kept that promise. Yes, we joke about it all the time. But communication, I mean, just just talking out the feelings when they're happening, is that part, like, I mean, how much of the pie is that when it comes to making sure that your relationship stays on track? So, you, you, I just had a client this morning that we talked about this. So, it, it's, it's a, a slippery slope only in that, that you have to be aware of, of what kind of, of how, how your partner processes information. So I have heard done on the Myers-Briggs personality. I think I, I, I've done some, I, I don't know if it was Myers-Briggs, but I have oh. done a, I've done a personality test. I know my husband has. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so in Myers-Briggs, they give you four letters. And I'm just going to talk about two of them. One is an I, I, which stands for introvert. And that means the person needs space to process. The other one is an E, and that's an extrovert. That means the person and likes to talk out here about the issue and resolve it right away. So yet it's often the case that you've got an I and an E living together. Mm-hmm. So the per- person who wants to nip it in the bud and talk about it resolve it I don't know what are you are you what nip it in the bud talk about a person I'm a nip. yeah I, I I can't remember what my my husband is uh I can't do this right now now I have to process it and then, yeah. uh, Okay, is it that's a way of squirming out of this whole thing? This is this is our early years. <laughs> so, so I can couples this tool called Let's 
reconvening at fill in the time. So if you got an I and an E together and the E wants to resolve it, the I needs to process, the I is the one that has to say, okay, look, I need space to process. Let's reconvene. It's got to be within 24 hours. You have to put a specific time. In 10 minutes, in a half an hour, in three hours, whatever this person needs to process. And you better show up. Because yeah. that's an opportunity to trust the person's going to show up, right? Then you talk about it. Now, you mentioned that you like to nip things in the butt, and you make sure you let your husband know that you're upset or angry. So, so that's part of it is, is the, how, you know, when you talk about it, but then how do you talk about it? Are we doing it constructively? So that's where the whole communication pipeline and how we clog it comes in. So I teach people how to get rid of the habits that are clogging the pipeline. How to communicate your in your heart of hearts how you feel about something mm-hmm. and, and if it now, this is interesting if it's something you think the person did you're not allowed to say well I feel like you, you <laughs> or I feel that you that's uh-huh. not a feeling that's a judgment and that's getting in an argument. That's I've I've always heard that that's how you should phrase it. Though, is well, I feel like you were, you know, minimizing my feelings or whatever. But I've I've always heard you start, so you don't well, start with the you sentence. Got part of it. You got part of it, you say, uh-huh. when, first you set the situation, when I heard you call me sloppy, I'm making this up, yeah. when I heard you call me sloppy, I felt severely offended all right so you're going straight to the feeling word you're not gonna say I feel you were rude mm-hmm. because that's your man and calling him a rude person right right that's you're just adding I feel on top of it yeah <laughs> so when you say I feel you gotta make sure you follow what was the feeling word. Mm-hmm. Right? That and and here's what I and you gotta say, well what I'd like to see happen instead of that you call me a sloppy person is that you tell me what you'd like me to do rather than giving me a name call. A naming, DNA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the whole thing. This is that's why I work with people twelve weeks because it takes time for me to figure out what their habits are and get them to feel terrible. Then I got to give them new information, and then they got to practice.
Yeah. Yeah. School. Right. I mean, putting all of that into practice is is part of the hard part is to remember that in the heat of the moment of the argument of the, you know, the moment where you discover the pile of laundry on the floor or whatever it is, the sloppiness. Um, for, for couples who really feel like they've been on a good track and, um, you know, as I was telling you before, but like we, we were joking around like, oh, yeah, no, everything is fine with us us but we're not like I don't, I don't know I, we're not we're so busy with kids it's not like we're, we're putting a lot of time into growing the relationship the way it was in the beginning and I think that's when I talk to friends and everything it, the, the romance doesn't like when you first started dating or when you first got married when there's little kids around it's just you know hey let's let's try to make a date night um, um with couples who are like that is there a way i mean you already went through the five points of of, of contact but but um, um, are there other ways communication-wise or just, um, um, you know, what ways do you, do you grow that relationship when it is, you know, a very difficult and, and time-constrained time? I remember. For this time, yeah, <laughs> little kids, and I felt like, oh my, my lord, this is it. I mean, I love my children. Yeah, but I married this guy. So what's happening? So there's a formula for successful relationship. It seems simplistic, but I'm telling you, this is what. Dick and myself in, and it work great. Our kids are healthy, well adjusted. They have, you know, everybody's got issues, but you know, for well, most the part, everybody's great, right? So you have a date night once a week, mm. unless there's blood or something serious thing going on you stick with it and if you miss a soccer game it's not the end of the world you know what I'm saying and that's one thing and and the date needs to be at least an hour and a half long if you you want an eight-hour date? Great, go for it. But at least an hour and a half long. Now, the other thing is once a quarter. So you're doing this every week. You're having a date. Once a quarter, you have what's called a mini moon. You know what a mini moon is, right? right? A mini moon is one or two nights away once a quarter. So four times a year. And I know during the pandemic you couldn't, but things are easy. You know, and hopefully <laughs> stay that way. But you can get away. You can go camping if you want, but 
just get away from the kids. You know, they need to see somebody different than you. Now, the last one is once a year, get away for a week. We did this the whole time our kids were. You know, I remember feeling guilty, and then I get on the plane and make one kids. I have kids. I don't even know. It's, it's really, really important to do. Yeah. Now, people, you know, I've I've taught hundreds of workshops over the years, and women. Are, Oh my God, we don't have any babies. Well, you know, our parents were gone. We didn't have them either, but we networked, we figured it out. Yeah. So don't talk to me about babysitters. There's a way yeah. to get this. Yeah. I don't mean to be brash, but. <laughs> no, no. Oh, you bring up a great point because that's the topic of conversation when I'm among friends you know is some people are really good at finding those overnight babysitters or their families in town and then I have other friends that families not in town and they don't know where to turn but you're right. I mean, it is so important to get away and and make sure that reconnecting is a priority, which is pretty much why we're, we're, we're sitting here talking to <laughs> And you know what? You want to make memories together. Right. Because these years... These school years zip by, right? right? Yeah. And and then all of a sudden it's like, what have we done? Oh well, we've been hanging out with the kids. And I love kids. I love family. But I the thing about our, our culture, I'm making generalization. I, I think we become too centric. You know, everything's about the kid. Well, that doesn't do the kid a service because when they wake up, they walking around as the adults thinking the world goes and stuff, right? So, you know what? Your parents are the number. You said at the beginning of the segment, the parents are the foundation. Right. So, so if we start getting cracks in our foundation, we've got to figure out how to fill those cracks or it's going to affect the entire family. Yeah. Yeah. And everything you have said has been so extremely helpful. I feel like this has been a good therapy session for anybody who's listening and thinking, gosh, I really need to, I really need to get back into the romantic vibe at home. And uh, uh, post-pandemic, we've, we've all gotten a little off track on date night and everything. So, oh my gosh. And there's also one other little thing I want to share with you. I don't think yeah. I guess so hang on one sec. <laughs> but I give each couple or I mail it to them now. This mm-hmm. did I show you this before? I think I've shown you this. The little pinkish reddish heart. heart. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's just, with poster put 
And it's, you just put it somewhere and your partner's going to go, what? You know, I thought, what is this? And you're going to say, well, I just put it there to let you know what I was thinking of. And then if he, he's smart, he's going to go, okay, oh, I'm going to do that too. And then all of a sudden, when you least expect it, the heart shows up. It's, it's just a small gesture, but it, it means a lot. I mean, everything you said, it's the little things that all add up throughout the day and, and really create that relationship that we want. The final analysis, you want to feel like you matter. Right. That's, I mean, isn't that a relationship in person? The person in what the world needs right now, everybody wants respect and, and feeling like they matter. That's right. That they're thought, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's right. complicated. But, yeah. Kathy. Everything you said is so great, Kathy. Dawson, relationship coach. Thank you so much for all the great advice. We're all gonna gladly put this into practice. I mean, these are easy things to do, and and fun things to do with our significant other. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you to all of you listening to the Mom Squad Pod. We'll see you right back back here next time. Thanks for listening to Mom Squad Pod with Maureen Kyle from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.